Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. Unlaced podcast. Actually, not bad. <laughs> really good, bro. Well Welcome, folks, back to another episode of the Unlaced Podcast. This is going to be a special one, I tell you. There's a, there's a lot of build-up to this one. We are going to do today an A-League overview of the current season and a bit of a preview for the finals coming up over the next few weeks. So I did want to do this big and grand, and I've gone and got three of my former teammates, three former bullies, I would say, of my uh, you know career, professional career coming in as a young boy, um, but three of my good mates in Cameron Watson, Dario Vitisic and Johnny McCain. Boys, it's a pleasure to have you in the studio and Johnny dialing in over Zoom from Queensland, mate. How are we doing? Thank you, JP. Excited. Thanks. Good to see you boys again. It's been a, it's been a while, but I'm excited to uh, feature on your podcast. And unfortunately, I can't be there with you, but um, looking forward to this this chat, JBD. Good to see Daz and, and, and see Watto as well. So I'm excited. Uh, good to see everyone. And um, it's been what ten years, eleven years now since we've Jesus, all been that's together. Ridiculous, so, huh? Yeah. Thank ten... you for having me on, and I'm sure it's going to be a great hour and a half recapping this, and maybe a few old stories come through. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, we might have to censor a few, but no, Johnny, I do have to give you credit. You were the first guest ever on the Unlaced podcast, so this is a second appearance for you and Dario and Cam. It's the first time, but well overdue. Um, so, guys, to give it a little bit of a spin on today, we're, we're going to walk through the season at hand because it's obviously been a big season in the A-League. It's been the 44th season of the National League in this country. Um, and it's been the 16th league of the, the A-League, the newly formed A-League. And we've seen some progression this year on a range of things that we're going to get the boys' experts' opinions on. Um, but I do want to go around the table. I might start with you, Johnny, just on a quick summary of the season. I guess how you felt the A-League was this year and how it's progressing and, and some of the news that's come out of this year. Uh, yeah, I think it's been a, a fantastic A-League season, um, all things considered. Obviously, the the, the COVID-infected final series and end of the season last year played a bit of havoc. And the season this year, um, albeit a, a slightly different season with some games um, played you know, over a series of weeks and some games spread out over you know, five, the three, four-day turnaround, it's been... Um, good to see games midweek. Um, the, the challenging part, I guess, for, for clubs and teams has been that consistency. It's not week-to-week football. There's been times where, for instance, Perth Glory has been on the road and have played you know, four or five games in quick succession and then gone a couple of weeks without games. And other teams have, have done something similar. So, um, you know, well played to, to Melbourne City. They've been by far and away the best team this year. Um, Sydney FC started quite slowly, but then have come back into into form in the, in the back half of the season. But I've been really impressed this year with the amount of young players that have played throughout the league, a lot of young coaches um, that have tried um, their hand this year. And it's been really good to watch. I know we haven't probably had the metrics in terms of viewers and attendances at, at games this year, but from my perspective, I think it's been a really, a really awesome season. A lot of young players, a lot of new players coming into the league. And overall, I think some really fantastic football. Yeah. Um, the final series has been really close to get to that top six. And um, overall, I think it's been, been been an awesome season. Yeah, it's true. And literally, we're, we're speaking now. We're doing this episode 
um, right now, folks. But I think there's probably one game left in the A-League. So um, fortunately for us, Adelaide confirmed their place in the finals last night. So what Johnny's alluding to there, it was ba- really close for, for teams to get in and out of the final spots. I mean, Dars, obviously Melbourne City and Sydney were probably the ones that confirmed themselves early. But the, the remaining four spots and just outside of the six, um, there was some challenge there, wasn't there? No, definitely. I think it, it would have been interesting if it did come down to the final round, yeah. especially for Wellington, who, considering everything they've went through this season, to be almost there towards the last round, I think it would have been awesome for them to have that final round at home. Would have been a big crowd, potentially, to make it into the six. So that would have almost been a, a final before the finals. So, But I think Johnny Johnny done a good recap there. It's been, been a good season. A lot of youngsters, a lot of um, rookie coaches coming in and... And it's been crazy with the COVID restrictions and lucky touched upon just the schedules breaking up, yeah. games being cancelled, many games, playing a few away. So it's it's been a tough season. So you've got to give credit. It, that wouldn't be easy as well. So yeah. overall, good season. And I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll unravel more of it as we as we go through it now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Kama, it's probably, I mean, we're kind of going through this now in the NPL, the boys representing the Moreland Zebras here in this room. So... Um, but do you think as a player, obviously we, we've all kind of been there and experienced it, but as a player, it would be tough with COVID intervening and having to, to be aware of changing grounds and playing with the state when you could be at home. I mean, how do you how do you think the, the league's been able to handle that this year? Uh, I think they've done exceptionally well, just considering all the moving parts that have come with, you know, with the pandemic. Um, you know, it's, it's a bit different for us where we're working and playing here now, we're local. But the fact that, you know, best case, Wellington have to had to live in Sydney for the majority of the season, being away yeah. from their families for that long. Um, especially if you've got little ones as well, or ones on the way. Um, it'd be very hard. And that's, you know, you've got to give credit where it's due and they've done an exceptional job. And from the outside looking in, you think that, you know, the Federation and, you know, all the powers that be have made it, you know, as easy as possible for them. So you've got to give credit to everyone, not just the players, but all the staff as well, because they're away from their families also. Um and it's made out for a good season. You boys have already said it. You know the amount of young players that have got a chance this season, coaches. Uh, it's been it's been a joy to watch. Um, so look forward to the finals, I guess. And hopefully there's no there's no there's no more curveballs apart from the one that we've got here in Melbourne at the moment. And we can just enjoy you know some good football. Agreed. Agreed. I'm surprised by the amount of young players. I think that's been one of the shining lights for me watching this year. Just seeing how many young players have actually been able to come in quickly and make an impact. Um, before we do get into, I guess, our analysis of the season, it would be remiss of us to not talk about the new TV rights deal, which is going to be a bit of a game changer for our game in this country because uh, Channel 10 and Paramount have partnered up now to land the rights of the A-League in this country. Um, so we do have to give an honourable mention to Fox Sports and all the work that they've done since the inception of the league. But this new opening, Johnny, into Channel 10 and Paramount, I mean... You've you've been aware of guess some of the discussions for a while. Um, it's probably taken a bit of a while to come out and confirm and go through all the details, but it, it's a pretty big statement for the game, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's it's a a great deal considering that the environment we're in. Um, if you look at purely the the financial deal pre COVID, the the A League deal was roughly around fifty five odd million. Um, during COVID, it got cut to to around the $25 million mark. So the valuation on this is around $40 million, um, and, and there'll be $8 million in contra, which is really important. It's going to go to advertising, going to go to exposure. Over the last two or three years, there really has been a, a lack of, I guess, um, 
that exposure side to the A-League. You walk down the street, you're not sure if games are on. There hasn't been a lot on TV. So there will be a lot of contra that will be pushed over the next year or two out to the general public to make sure that they know about the A-League. It's, it's a brand new um, platform, Paramount Plus, which is uh, obviously an American company, which is really exciting, coming to Australia in August, I believe. Um, what is, what is, that? is Is that similar to like a, a KO or a, like a Netflix? Like what? how do we... Like what, what's yeah, it's of... going to be yeah, it's going to be a streaming platform, so similar to right. KO, Stan, all those type of platforms where it'll have sport, it'll have movies, it'll have you know that kind of breakdown, and just awesome. another platform to be able to watch some content. So I think that's the way everything's going, rather than having the historic Fox Sports where you've got movies, sport, everything for you know hundred odd bucks. There's going to be all these streaming platforms now where you can get your content, and people have a variety of um, subscriptions. I think, and even. Even see what I might be able to fork out eight ninety nine a month. Mate. Let's... <laughs> we'll see. Um... <laughs> yeah, mate. Don't worry. More than more than the pay packets. I'm sure he can. I'll pay for yours too. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's really exciting. You know, there's going to be obviously you, you touched on Fox Sports. They've done an amazing job over the last you know fifteen to twenty years producing A League content and also the national team content. They have been the face of football, but. It's going in a new direction with the A-League. Um, we're not sure where the national teams will end up. They're, they're a separate conversation, but the A-League will be on a new platform, which is going to mean new content, new 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 commentators, a whole new way of watching a game. And I'm really excited to see how that progresses. Boys, any comments on that from you guys? Obviously, you, you've probably never been around the country where we've had football on free-to-air since unless Channel 31 back in the day. So. Yeah, I think, oh, it's, gonna SBS, be, yeah. I think it's going to be refreshing. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, obviously acknowledge what Fox Sports have done, but... I don't know. I think it'd be great. Free to air TV, new commentary, just new faces, um, you know, kind of just that whole new dynamic, new interface, just looking at, you know, something that's brand new. I think it'll, it'll help the league. It'll put the league in good stead. Um, and then just start with a brand new season and a brand new team that's looking over all the games. So I th- depend whether whoever was going in there, I think that they'll recruit the right people, you know, kind of football smart. And just you know, have done very well in media. And yeah. the think... petition for Simon Hill, I think, started online to uh, get him back yeah. involved. Yeah, in oh, I think he's. Is, um, uh... I think he has to be in yeah. there. To be <laughs> Without question, yeah. that's someone that needs to be definitely involved. And I think if we look at the more grander picture, it's also exciting time with also for the W League and um, the oh, women's games with the World Cup coming up. We got the Olympic Games coming up for both the men and the women. Mm. World Cup qualifiers started overnight, three 0 win. So. I think not just with the A-League changing the platform and I think there's just lots of lots of stuff to be excited about in Australian football and then hopefully this is now, again, the start of something new and, and hopefully we can build and create something bigger because the football does deserve much more than we've been getting in the, probably in the media and the, the um, what Johnny touched upon, the, the commercialing and on the radio and it is now we're involved in football and you don't hear a lot about it. So yeah. I can only imagine how hard it is for people that aren't involved that aren't on the social media and all the football sites and follow the game as closely as we all do so it's probably a bit harder so hopefully that's something that channel 10 really put a effort into and um and really put the put the brand of the sport out there and hopefully more people will come and watch the games agreed agree that's a great call that the women's world cup i mean to be to, to win that with matildas who are arguably one of the best teams in the world that for everyone in australia will be hoping that they can challenge to win the to uh, the trophy um, the timing of this is just incredible. Um, and and for, for those that don't know how big football is in this country, because obviously some people will have to say that A-League, the viewership dropped down this year or, um, you know, it hasn't always been the most accessible to watch or whatever it may be. But it is the, the highest participated junior sport in the country. 
um, across all codes. Yep. So um, the reach of, of the amount of people playing this sport is why we want to see the game grow and get some of these kids to these games so that we can start to build on on top of some of the foundations that are in place. But one area that's always spoken of, um, Cameron, we experience this now in the NPL, which is part of the thrills of playing in the lower leagues is the promotion and relegation aspect. Yeah. Um, it's always been contentious in Australia because we've always wanted to get a stable environment for every club and, and keep that going. But I thought it was interesting when I think um, Alessandro Diamanti said it, um, who's obviously the captain at Western United, an Italian, Italian footballing legend, said that's the beauty of football is the promotion and relegation, the heartbreak and the, the triumph. Yeah, well, look at all the, um, just the emotion it creates. Like, you know, promotion, relegation, it's, you know, teams are battling away to set, you know, their livelihood, just not for themselves, but for their fans, especially in other countries, you know. So people that go and watch the game, they're literally their pay packet goes towards watching those guys play on the weekend, mm. now women on the weekend. But, you know, we're, put it in our position, at the moment in our table, we're five points from the bottom and we're four points from the top. So, <laughs> you know, we're stuck right in the middle. So if we can... Can't sleep at night. Nah, exactly. And <laughs> if we can, if, we can if, if at some point, whether it's now or whether it's in five, three, five years or whatever it may be, if we can, if we're able to transition into something or a model that we can have relegation and promotion, uh, you will see... I think bigger fanfare, bigger audiences, uh, more people paying attention because that that emotion will be there attached to the game. Mm. At the moment, it's okay. You get probably three quarters away through the season, and you're sitting second bottom or third bottom, but you know you're not going anywhere, and mm. you're pretty safe. So, not just for players, but for coaches as well. So, but that's our our country is different, different landscape compared to Europe. Um, so we've you know I think we've done well so far, but now moving forward, I think. You know, things have to be put in place to try and get there eventually. Again, when? I don't know. Yeah. Steve, does for me, I would, I've always been a one that would love promotion relegation, but then I look at it this year and I'm like, imagine if Melbourne Victory got relegated. That's like, what, holy that was the, fuck. That was the that's one, not good for the league. Like. No, nah, exactly. But I think that's one thing now, or Cameron was just saying, that'd be very interesting. you got Melbourne Victory a one point above Newcastle. Yeah. For both of them, their season ended quite a while ago, a couple of weeks ago, where they knew the top six was definitely out of reach. And um, imagine now Newcastle have the one game in hand against Melbourne City. If they win, they would go above Melbourne Victory by it would be two points or even a draw would have them equal points going into the last game of the season and relegation. So I think all eyes would be on those two fixtures. Yeah. So I think that, that would bring another element to the league where, you know, it's just like in a, in a league of 12, if you make, if you're sixth and you make the finals, it's a successful season, mm. you know? So I think that's, You've pretty much finished at 50%. Your average, when you look at that, 6 out of 12, 50%. That's a success in the country. So mm. I think it needs to be, teams need to try to push for more and to challenge, and especially now the Melbourne City and the Sydney, especially Sydney, who have been dominant now for the last few years and have been winning a lot. I think it, it can't be just, if we make the six, awesome. We've had a great season. It's a success. Yeah. I think it needs to be, everyone needs to strive for more. And I think with a relegation, how far that is away. I think that's still a while away, but I think it needs to be put into place where we give these teams an opportunity for a second division and then say, okay, we give you time to build that. And then we start promotion relegation in three, four, five years, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. Whatever. But I think it's something that's definitely important to give also a lot of juniors and younger players have had a chance now. Imagine then in the second division and also for coaches and also for other players and in the NPL where there's good, good quality players that I'm mm. seeing now that, you know, you look yeah. against the teams you play and you're like, 
you know what, he's he could play. Yeah, yeah. So this yeah. would give other players a chance, and I think you know the more the more the better. Yeah, you know what the the alarming statistic that made me think, oh, maybe we're closer than we think, and and obviously Johnny, there's probably a finance, a financial implication to to doing this that we would need to sort of tick off before it ever got to a point. But Preston Lions, who play in MPL three, the third division in Victoria, are averaging like four to five thousand people a game this year, and they played the Western United youth team reserve team. It's yep. like they're under. Is it under twenty one stars? The yep. Yeah, so they're under-21 team playing the MPL3 team. And the Western United senior team played that week, and I think they played in front of... She's under-23, so... Yeah, 900 or 1,000 people out at Geelong. I can't remember. It's just over 2,000, I think, but it was still it, less. It was, anyway, it was yeah. pretty much the, the youth team played in front of a bigger crowd on the weekend in, the, in Division 3. Yeah. Which shows that there's interest in the local clubs and the local football. Maybe it's the branding of the clubs, the history with the NSL and the, the cultural backgrounds association... Um, that may be a, a limiting this. But, Johnny, I mean, do you kind of see it being close? Do you think we're miles off? Do you think we just need to focus on the 12 teams at the moment and getting them up and going with the new TV deal? Uh, look, the, the notion of a, of a second division, I think everyone, not only on this on this chat now, but I think a lot of football lovers completely agree with. But when you, when you break it down a little bit, you actually look at the finances and, and what we're trying to achieve... Uh, I still think we're, we're a long way off. Yeah, um, you know, the NPL was brought in for a reason to be that so-called second division um, for a variety of reasons. And, and people have got different perspectives on it, depending on where they are around Australia. Um, it has worked, but in other cases it, it hasn't worked. So you've seen the, the, the second division push has come to, to, to the conversation more recently, but financially, you know, we won't go into too much on this call now, but financially, having known a fair bit of the figures around how A-League clubs operate, what budgets they're at, and kind of the top-end MPL clubs, how they operate, and we're only talking a few in this country. There's such a big difference to what they need to compete at that right. level. Not only we're talking staffing costs and player costs, we're talking about facilities, we're talking about overhead, we're talking about stadiums, we're talking about rentals, we're talking about trying to produce commercial partners, we're talking about so many aspects of this that... Lights and hotels. I really... Yeah, mate, you know, travel, Australia is so big that yeah. the big thing is travel. So the second division, I think, is still a fair way away, whether it's a, a, a conversation for, for you know, a dynamic of a north and a south and this kind of a hub, whether we look at something like what happens in America and Dars touched on it, whether it's like a hibernation, a second division where you, you spend a few years in this second division and you show your worth and you show you can financially compete and then, you know, you, you add value to the A-League and then you... Uh, uh, brought into the conversation of promotion. I think getting back to your question, JB, I think the likely scenario is that there will be expansion in the A-League um, over the next couple of years. And I think Danny Townsend, the, the general manager for the APL, has come out and said that they are looking at expansion over the next couple of years. I think that will be on the radar more so than a so-called second division. Yeah. I mean, we've got to just look at what the point of the second division is, really. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you look at pure costings of it. There's a lot of players that you guys know that play in the local league that are earning pretty good money playing locally and also working. Why would they take a pay cut to, to play in the A-League? Yeah, it's a common... So common, common division, pitfall. you know? Yep. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of yeah. boys I know in our, in our league have turned down offers because financially it's not viable. And it's happened since the inception of the A-League. Yeah, so... But look, all great points, Johnny. I think we're, we are starting to have the right conversations. The game's starting to move in the right direction, hopefully with time. Um, we start to see the progress that we're all looking for, but we're going to get in, we're going to get into some of the fun stuff, guys. As, as mentioned, this is 
we are going to do a bit of an overview of the season. I've got the experts in the room. Um, and for those that don't know, I probably should have said this at the start, but Cam Watson is an Adelaide United legend, played a stint at the Newcastle Jets. Dario Vidicic was arguably one of the most exciting young players to play in the A-League before he darted off to Germany. Came back and played with us in Adelaide and, and was arguably probably the best uh, Australian import or the Australian visa player in, in the league for the time being and, and had incredible stints with Melbourne City and Wellington. And Johnny McCain, I mean, our former captain, our warrior. <laughs> our warrior. He would do anything for the team and one of the great men, but had a, had a very, one of the first real Aussies that I felt played for a long period for Wellington. Um, and then and then had a great stint with us in Adelaide. Both Dario and Johnny also former Socceroos. So we couldn't have had better people to overview this season. And Johnny, great we're gonna Adelaide. yeah. Johnny's just moved his head there for those that hopefully sell that because he's got his Socceroo jersey in the background conveniently. <laughs> um, I didn't even know. <laughs> one of them's the Olympic one, I'm sure. Um, but Johnny, let's start with you. I mean, we're gonna rattle off the bottom six. So uh, Melbourne victory, Newcastle Jets, probably not the year they would have loved to have, not the year those two teams we probably would have thought they would have had at the start of the year. What, what's your take on Newcastle? And then we'll, we'll go into Melbourne after that. Yeah, they've both had pretty challenging years for, for different reasons. If we look at Newcastle Jets, they obviously have a, the ownership issue that has been ongoing for, for quite a while. A number of A-League clubs have now chipped in and funding that club to sustain it before they sell it off. But there's been some ownership issues there for, for, for quite a while. Newcastle is a, a huge region for football. It's a heartland. You know, when I was growing up and played in the old NSL, there was a, there was a massive catchment of, of supporters and people in Newcastle. They're, they're football mad in Newcastle. But they just haven't got it right the last few years. And if you look on paper at their squad, they've you know probably got a few of their players haven't quite been up to scratch this year. They haven't really invested in foreigners, which... As we all kind of know, if you get three or four of your foreigners right in most teams, then it goes a long way to cementing your spot in the top six. Um, they've struggled in front of goals a bit this year. Roy Donovan's been great energy, great work rate, but he hasn't converted probably as many chances as they would have liked. And I think defensively, they've, they've missed Nigel Bogart a lot this year. He, he got injured um, for, for a period of time. And when he plays, not only is he, is he a friend of ours, so we'll put that out there, but <laughs> when he plays, it makes such a big difference to Newcastle Jets' side. So they've really struggled for consistency this year. They've lost, obviously, Stephen Ugarkovic wanted to yeah, leave earlier on the year, and he's finally moved to, to Western Sydney Wanderers. He was a big part of how they played and a, a central cog in centre midfield. So they've really had a, a poor season um, from start to finish, both defensively, attackingly, and obviously from an owner's point of view. So <laughs> they're... Obviously, going to try and address those um, issues in the off-season. We've seen recently Craig Deans has, has announced he'll step down at the end of the year, and there's a lot of rumours that Arthur Pappas will be the man to come in and Gosh, take them over and be Jesus. the head coach and try and, <laughs> try and go. Yeah, change. Arch. Yeah, but a lot of, lot of rumours out, out in the world about that. Is that breaking news, John? That. Is that breaking news from you? I don't know if that's I know, been I'm that. reading that. Oh, it's, 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 been, it's out in the media. Out, yeah, oh, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, big arch. Yeah, that's, so, you know, he's re really well regarded and I don't know if you guys know him, but everyone I've spoken to rates him really highly. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. So that's kind of Newcastle and victory, you know. I'll, I'll give you a quick story on um, Arthur Pappas, Johnny, just to give you insight yeah. into the depth of, uh, depth of football that man is willing to go. But he was... Um, he was like a junior coach in Victoria when I was coming through the ranks. And I think he might've coached me in like a state futsal team. So I always had a relationship with him. But then when I was at the AAS, they brought in a, like a development coach. So he wasn't the assistant coach, but essentially he was just there to learn from the coaches and was living with us. 
And it got to a point because Archer's pretty pretty switched on and smart that the coaches started to give him some responsibility, starting to let him take some tactical sessions, some video sessions, even run a few training sessions. And um, we wa- we rocked up one day. You'll probably you know the inside AstroTurf in the uh, uh, kind of near where the recovery center is and, and the coach's offices. And we walked in there once and we're going to do a video session and it would have been like 9am and we walked in and Arthur's there sleeping on a couch with a soccer ball in his arm with his book out because he was watching the champions league taking notes. So when we saw that, we thought, geez, this guy's taking his coaching very seriously. So it's no, no surprise, but just on Newcastle, I mean, yeah, bogey's leadership would have been a big, big loss not having him throughout the the season but i think also <laughs> <Your guest>. <laughs> <laughs> who's that but do you think do you think the changing coach as well i mean i know carl robinson went to western sydney at the start of the year but they did have a really good period with him obviously the likes of uh abini as, as well also ha- had to change guard so i think maybe maybe that might have impacted a little bit yeah potentially you know uh, we've all had good coaches and, and ones that we haven't, you know, become so fond of over our careers. And for some reason, when, when Carl Robinson came to Newcastle at the end of the last, um, last year, he, everything clicked and, and they were playing great football. The, the boys really got around him and there was a lot of excitement in the air for what Newcastle could do this season. But unfortunately, as we touched on, he, he left to West Sydney Wanderers and um, Craig Deans, who, who came in to take over, could probably say never really got them up to the, the level that they were previously mm. under 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 um, Rob, uh, Robinson. Yeah, Robinson. Yeah, Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robinson. So, um, yeah, mate. I, I think uh, head coach does make a major difference. I'm not saying that Craig Deans has, has you know had done a poor job. We really don't know the ins and outs of what's happened at Newcastle, but it just hasn't clicked for a variety of reasons. Like I said, defensively, um, the foreigners that they've brought in haven't quite clicked, and also attackingly. Attacking-wise, they just haven't scored enough goals. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting off-season if Arthur does come in and take over yeah. that Newcastle side. Very. Now, Melbourne Victory, probably we all thought in this room that they probably would have had a better season. I know Grant Brebner was his first year as the full-time coach. He's been affiliated with the club for a long time. And some of the players he brought in, I mean, on paper, have, have had some incredible careers over in the UK. Um, and some he's always had some young talent across Victory. So, I mean, they're a club that usually always are competing for finals, competing for championships. It hasn't gone their way this year, Johnny. I mean, what's been your perspective on that? Why maybe that hasn't worked out? Um, yeah, look, it, it hasn't gone their way this year. And, and for, for A-League football, we need a strong Melbourne victory. There's no doubt about that. They're one of the biggest clubs and it's really good for, for, for everyone if we have a strong Melbourne victory. But to say it's a, it's been a surprise that they're struggling probably isn't true. I mean, if you look at the last four or five years of the A-League, they've been consistently down the bottom. It's not a surprise that this year they've, they've struggled. It's, it's kind of been a, a build-up for the last, like I said, four or five years. So yeah. there was some excitement when, when Brebs was appointed and you got a glimpse of, you know, the young players that played at the end of last year with him and then him bringing in some, some pretty decent names and signings from largely the UK. And you thought, okay, maybe Melbourne Victory will come back and we need a Melbourne Victory to come back. But, you know, injuries and form and I guess probably everything that could go wrong with the foreign contingent at Melbourne Victory happened this year. You had, you know, McManaman was injured for, for large parts. Shorten was injured for long part, large parts. Guess Jess Dead was, you know, he was on the sidelines for large parts. And the only real mainstay was Jacob Butterfield. Yeah. So they struggled for consistency in their side, unfortunately. 
Um, obviously, Robbie Cruz, great player, also struggled a little bit fitness-wise because a, a fit Robbie Cruz would would absolutely destroy um, a lot of players in the A-League. And that was really disappointing to see. He couldn't quite get up to speed. But they've struggled everywhere this year, Jamie, um, yeah. um, actually. You know, defensively, as I said, they were always chopping and changing. He never really consistently had the same back line for a variety of reasons. Um, goalkeepers changed throughout the year. And now Matty Acton came in and, and did a really good job at the back half. But... A club like Melbourne Victory shouldn't be scraping into the six, like Dario said. They should be competing every year for top two, top three. So, you know, they've appointed a new coach, as we all know very well. Um, yeah. Someone that is well known in the A League and someone that will defensively get them right. That's how he likes to coach. Popper is very defensive minded coach, and he will. They won't cop fifty nine. Yeah, yeah, they won't. Yeah, say, yeah. be really surprised. You know, we, we've seen him at, at West Sydney Wanderers and also Perth Glory. He, he sorts that defence out, and you speak to former players of his that have played with him. He's really anal on those small details. So um, that's going to be really interesting to see what players he brings in in the off-season. But I look back and think the Melbourne victory of old used to have Archie Thompson, you know, Adrian Lay at the back, and then you have Broxy in the midfield. Australians that were the core kind of yeah. spine. And I know Broxy's still there now, but you really haven't replaced the other two with core Australian players. And I think that's been a bit of their failing. So I'll be surprised if you didn't see some movement there with some Australian players and giving them three, four-year deals over the course of this off-season and really trying to solidify a side around some Australian players. Yeah, you're right. Dars makes a great point there. Conceded the most goals this year, Melbourne Victory. So defensively, that's, that never helps. I mean, that's that's why you're probably finishing where you are. But excited for next year. I mean, Tony Popovich always does well in the A-League, always does competitive, um, always has a team that's hard to play against, I've felt. Um, and, and a team he has coached that, I guess, Kama... Hasn't, hasn't done the greatest this year, but, I mean, always a very hard place to go. So, I mean, they always usually get good results at home is Perth Glory. Um, relatively good team on paper. Um, yeah, but for, the best front four. Yeah, I mean, really, <laughs> you, you, they're, they're a frightening team That's to play against. Yeah, they're, they're, um, the season they've had, has, uh, it's been been very surprising. Consider like what Daz said, front four, you know, Castro, Fornaroli, obviously economy just came back, but uh, Keo up yeah. there. But not just that. Like Brighton. you look at, you know, their midfield, the players they have everywhere over the park. There's not one that would struggle to get into, you know, majority of the teams around the league. But in terms of going to Perth, um, it, it was it's always a tough place. They've always had great crowds. They're always hard to play at home, and it doesn't really help when you play them at, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon at thirty-seven degrees. <laughs> you need drinks um, breaks. Yeah. Uh, I remember Geronimo one day, but he's spewing up after the game, <laughs> just vomiting after the after the whistle. But yeah, it creates it creates challenges, and I think I think people are a bit surprised, especially with foreigners when they come and play in the A League, that they don't realise the travel that's involved in the game and <clears throat> and the weather that they they're about to come in and play. They're playing in summer, which they've never done before. So, yeah. and again, going there, it, it, it's hard, um, and not just that. Then you've got the the change in time shouldn't matter that much, but it does. It plays yeah. on your body a little bit. And that's why that's why a lot of teams do tend to go there two days before so they can get a training session in and get a couple of nights sleep before before playing a game. Um, you, get, you know, apart, but apart from that, you know, them and Wellington, obviously the big ones where, where you travel. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. I mean, Perth, the, the Dars you mentioned there again, the, the front four, I mean, seriously, going up against them every week, Fornaroli, has probably one of the best records outside Jamie McLaren in the A-League over the past five to six seasons. And then Diego Castro, I mean, he's, uh, he's again, arguably been probably the best player in the A-League for a number one of off, years yeah, as well. Definitely. So One of the most. Um, they'll be disappointed to, to finish up where they did. 
Um, I actually remember just speaking of the heat there. I don't know if you boys remember when we played Perth because we were all playing together at this point, but William Gallus was playing for them. And I think it was one of his first games and he come on for about 20 minutes at centre back. And they did the Fox Sports interview afterwards. <laughs> and they're asking him how it was. He goes, ah, it's so hot. <laughs> it's so hot. <laughs> Mind you, I saw him that night at about 2 a.m. walking down the main street with a, a Magnum and a big bag of chips in his hand. So he, he seemed like he was enjoying himself. What are you doing out at 2 a.m.? I don't know, mate. Just celebra- <laughs> celebrating life. That's why I didn't play long. Um, but no, uh, the, we speak of domestic travel. And being a Perth Gory player is one thing. But then making the travel all the way across the ditch to Wellington is another. Yeah. Um, now, Wellington, I tell you what, they were still within a chance up until last night till Adelaide sealed it. They'd be disappointed that they fell short. Um, any takes on them, Kammer? Well, it's hard for us travelling there, but they do it every so they do it every few weeks. Under normal circumstances, forget about you know the last two seasons. Um, it was even tougher going there, especially when you played in Wellington. Um, just the win factor. You know, sometimes the ball will be coming back towards the 18-yard box from a goal kick. So, um, plus that, and they were able to, you know, even when you didn't play in Wellington, you played in Auckland or wherever, they were able to conjure up good crowds, especially when they had those one-off games in those other cities. So, it was always nice traveling there because it got you out of the country and it was always something new. It was it was actually a lot cooler. It was never hot there. So, that was that was good. But in terms of Wellington, you know, they're, they're always thereabouts. They've always had, for me, they've always had, you know, decent sides and, They've kind of always just missed out. They're a bit like Tottenham, I think. <laughs> oh, <laughs> For any Tottenham fans out there. But yeah. it's, it's true. They're always thereabouts, yeah. but they've never kind of just made that last final step. So, yeah. again, this year they've just they've just missed out and they've they've got a great team. And, you know, I think Ulfuk Tale has done an amazing job. Um, and it's great for them that he signed on um, yeah, again. Definitely. So, again, just missed opportunity, I think. I'll give some honourable mentions to their imports. I mean, that uh, Tomo uh, Hamed scored uh, 10 goals yeah, this year. Good, good, good player. Yeah. And then and then Davia as well, I think, is a super player. One yeah. of the best Mexican. in the league. So, is great. Yep, one of the um, those guys are exciting to watch. It's good to see good imports play for Wellington to support the Kiwi boys. And, the and they've got some good young too. Kiwi boys playing yep. as well. Yeah, which is, yep. which is great to see that progress. Um, Western Sydney does. I mean... They're kind of, I, I was listening to Daniel Margush speak the other day. He's like, we, we kind of hit our straps a bit too late. Um, but they started to feel like they were finding their groove towards the end of the season. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, what's, what's your take on them this year? They signed a lot of players, new coach in Carl Robinson, as we mentioned earlier. But uh, it, didn't, it didn't mesh enough to get into the finals. I think they're the, probably the biggest disappointment not to make the six. I think when you look at their squad, they signed Carl Robinson. He's the only overseas coach, has experience. In a, in a league where a lot of rookie coaches were in their first season or one and a half seasons or very early into their coaching careers. So squad, excellent. When you look at the depth, mm-hmm. it's a very, very strong squad. So, um, yeah, I think for them it's just very disappointing. You know, they, they had the capabilities winning two derbies and then after that then they'll just lose a game that you, you didn't think was um, possible for them to lose. So... I don't think they ever really hit their straps, which they could. And I think for, for their fan base, which is incredible, when, when that place starts rocking, it's mm. being there, especially at the old uh, Wonderland, that at, at Parramatta, Pertec, that was, yeah, it was unreal. And yeah. I think, you know, they're another a club that, in the same sort of speak of Melbourne Victory, that we need them to be good too. Cause yeah, agreed, agreed. Especially when they first came in those first few years, I think a lot of the other fan bases looked to them and, tried to copy them in a sense. And, the RBB, and, and, yeah, and teams, teams love to come up and play against us. They wanted to come away from home just because of that atmosphere and 
there were some great nights there and, and just that atmosphere adds to it. So, Yeah, obviously a, for, a former team in yours. And we speak of like in a, a frightening front three. Um, I actually think Bruce Kamau is a little underrated, but he's had a great season this year as well. Great I season, mean, yeah. Again, last night or the, no the last game, sorry. No, he's been um, one that you probably, at the start of the season, when you look at everyone that they had, he's probably one that would fly under the radar. Exactly. But he's definitely gone to the top of the list with his goals and his performances. And But yeah, I think for them, it's a, they'll have to think a lot now in the off-season and um, make some big decisions. Yeah. No, good, good points of view there. Western United is one that... I was a little bit disappointed in, but only because I think they have some really super experienced players in this league. I mean, Alessandro Diamante is the biggest name in the league in regards from a CV point of view, arguably. Um, Mark Rudin, a seasoned coach, knows the league inside out. Bessart Barisha, the A-League's highest goal scorer. Um, Durante's played in the league for Yonks. They've got some great players. Even Iker, even young Iker, even young players I mean, that have played in the A-League for a long also time. very good. Um, but it didn't work out for them this year, finishing or probably likely to finish in the 10th or 9th spot. What was your take on them, Daz? Um, yeah, it's a very interesting one because you look at, the again, the front three, front four with Bedisha, with um, Diamante, Iker, um, Lockie Wells would come in and out of there. So, again, it's a great team. I watched them early in the season when they played Melbourne City and they were excellent that day. Iker was one of the best players on the field. And um, and they were probably unlucky to lose that day when I think J-Mac banged in too late and got all three points. But they looked very good that year, and I thought they'll definitely be there or thereabouts. So, but if we just go off their last 10, one win, two draws, seven losses, and that's seven losses in a row. In those seven losses, they conceded 22 goals, and they only scored three. Wow. Frightening. So I think that's, you know, if we, if we look at something, it's definitely that's their last 10. Or it, let's just say their last seven. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's yeah, well, that's that's averaging th- almost well, three goals a game. They're conceding, so it's very very hard to to win a game when you're conceding three. Bit of an annoying place to play as well, Geelong. Like, just, <laughs> I think as well for <laughs> them, it's an unnecessary hour. Bus I don't ride, even like. think they were at Geelong. You know, they've been yeah, at Amy Park. The they've been, yeah. they're, they're sort of that doesn't help either. That doesn't. Yeah. So um, you know, with a, again with the squad that they have, it's it's I think it's another it's a disappointing season for them and. They'll also have some some thoughts in the off season and and it is a bit of an an aging team, so especially yeah. in that front line. So it'll be interesting what they what they do there. Uh, another honourable mention to do Monty, the assist leader for the year so far. Um, before we do go in to the finals, boys, I do appreciate rallying off the bottom six. Condolences to them, as always. Next year, long long preseason, I must say, after experiencing them. But uh, we talk about the final six. They've had it. All must have had good years to be in this. The, the six have kind of popped around bar Melbourne City, who really were the stable points for the year. Um, but I'm, I'm really keen to get everyone's opinions on a couple of teams that, that sort of did really well here. So just from my perspective, I've got my sheet flying around somewhere. Johnny Boy, we know you're close to, close to home up there in Brisbane. You do a bit of work with the Brisbane boys. You must have been happy to see them have such a great season so far. At the moment, in the top three, um, it's an amazing output from the boys. Yeah, yeah, it's been a, a really solid year, I think you'd say. I mean, it's such a tight league as we've all talked about last week before um, before they played. They could have been borderline missing out in the finals and now all of a sudden they're cemented in the finals and in third place. So they've had a really solid year. You look at their team on paper, they've got a lot of experience. They're defensively really, really strong. 
Um, they've got some young players up front that are exciting, and Dylan Windsor Halls, Joey Champness that are, that are fast. Riku yeah. Danzaki, the Japanese import, he's only 20. He's been a, a, a great breath of fresh air yeah. for everyone this year. You know, we talk about bringing foreigners in, and Brisbane actually brought in a foreigner that's young. We we, we tend to bring in majority of times. Yeah, you don't see that too often, do you? Oh. No, no, and, and I remember at the time Warren Moon copped a bit of stack, a stack, slack. I can't even speak. A bit of slack for that when he slack. came in. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because people are saying you're going to play him for a year, then you're going to lose him. What's the point? But you know, it's the same thing with the, with the older boys. You're, you're never really going to sell an older player on. So it's about output, and, and Riku's been really good for Brisbane Raw. So I think defensively they're they're really rock solid. They've got, in, in my view, one of the best keepers and organisers in the A League. Um, they've got some experience at the back. They've got some s- solid players in the midfield. Jay O'Shea's been a, a great find. Yeah. And Ramanak Barry, a young boy who's been around the league for, for quite a while, been at Brisbane Royal Youth Team. And Brisbane Royal went down to Melbourne Victory, come back to Brisbane. He's been excellent this year. So uh, I think they've had a really good year. Um, I think anything can happen in the finals. And if they do get a third or fourth finish and play it at home first up. That's going to be a big um, plus for them, I reckon. I think so too. Yeah, anything's yeah. possible. You know, you talked about Western United earlier about their travel schedule and Brisbane Roar are, are very much the same. I was speaking to Warren Moon um, last week and he was saying it'd be nice to have a bit of a break over the next couple of weeks with the final series because he hasn't planned a session for the last five weeks because they've simply been playing, traveling, recovering, playing, traveling, recovering. Yeah. So yeah. now they've got a week between games. Um, it, it'd be nice to actually refresh some of the boys and have a, a normal kind of lead into a, to a, to a week um, for a training yeah. um, perspective. So Agreed. they've been solid. They've been good. That's good. Uh, I reckon there's a few players in that team that can really hurt any opposition. So I wouldn't write off Brisbane Raw going into finals. Our our home team, boys, I say our, our home team, our old team, Adelaide United. Now we're all very good friends with the football director, Bruce Jitte, who we had on this podcast in our last episode, who's emphasized this year a lot of youth. Uh, he gave the captaincy at the start of the year to Stefan Mork, who was only 26 years old, which is relatively young captain. But they've they've played a lot of young boys in a lot of key positions this year, which is something that I said to him I was really interested in, you know, from the goalkeepers to the centre-backs to the midfielders all the way up to the strikers. Um, but they've managed to to mesh that team well with some experience in the likes of Tommy Urich, Craig Goodwin, a couple of their Spanish imports, Ben Halloran, and another name as well, Johnny. Have you been impressed with them? I know they confirmed their spot in the six last night, but they were throughout the season probably doing better than where they finished at the moment. Yeah, they've certainly got attacking players, you know, young, exciting, attacking South Australians generally, right? That was the whole onus of, of Adelaide, the way they wanted to go. And they started the year really, really well. I mean, you talked about Morky there. He, he started, with, I think, six or seven goals in the first you know, yeah, 10, 12 weeks. He was flying, you know, and I think his kind of – Form with a couple of injuries he had kind of coincided with the team dropping away a little bit the back half of the year. But certainly, they've got weapons there that can hurt anyone. You know, the Torre brothers, Yangi hopefully be fit, Tommy Urich, Craig Goodwin's been great. Ben Halloran's was borderline Socceroos contention. There was a lot of chat around him. He had a fantastic year, I thought. So, yeah, I think defensively that, you know, they missed Elsie last night with suspension. I think he's been a, a great solidifier this year at the back. I think they're a little bit defensively short there. That's somewhere I think teams look at them and think we can get at them mm. a little bit. Mm. Attacking-wise, they've got, you know, speed, they've got youth, they've got enthusiasm, and they've got experience with those three I talked about with Tommy, um, Craig Goodwin, and and also Ben Halloran. So they've got a mix of everything. JBD, they, they, they could do damage, um, but their recent form would kind of say that 
you know, maybe not this year, but finals are anyone's game. Yeah, good point. I guess for final, we've all experienced that it is, no matter what the Adelaide team is, trying to win at Coopers in finals is never going to be easy. It's not going to be a gift. Uh, another interesting place to go, that a club that always punches above their weight, Central Coast and Kama, these guys were on top for a good part of the season, which was, I think, great for the league, but a lot of people didn't preempt. I mean, they've done well to finish in the top six. A few few highlights for them this year, but I mean, you watch much of them. How, what was your take on yeah, Central uh, Coast? Mate, no one would have said they would have been in the top six. Just just from their recent, the last couple of years, um, you know, obviously Stadge has gone in there and done an, an amazing job. You look at the amount of young players that he's been playing. He's uh, he's done well with the with his imports this season. Um, obviously, there's a couple of highlights in Quoll and Konyuk who have been brilliant. Um, so, yeah, again, tough place to go. And have, as you said, they've always punched above their weight. And obviously everyone's, I can remember when they were really good under Graham Arnold. And mm. I guess since then it's, it's been a roller coaster ride for the club. Um, so to see them do well again, I think it's been, it's been great. Not just great. Well, it's great for the club, especially, but it's for the league as well. Cause it's just thrown another dynamic in. And mm. I think people were kind of waiting for them to kind of just stop winning, but they haven't. Yeah. So it's been really good. And just, you know, I think they've, they're, they're with their, they've had, I think they're third with clean sheets. Um, in defensively, the yeah, that's another thing. Why I mean, you mentioned Tongi there. You know, he got, just got his call up to the Socceroos. Defensively, he's been unbelievable. Yeah, so he's done well A there. Rock. You know, Clisby's gone there and kind of rejuvenated himself as well. Um, he's been great. So that and you know they've where, what else? I was looking at besides their clean sheets, um, even goals conceded. They're second best besides Melbourne City. Oh, that's a great point. So just in terms of that, you can just see how he must. They must have done a lot of work on their on that part of the game during preseason. It's it's um it's paid dividend. Plus with, you know, Simon, you know, causing all the havoc he does <laughs> <laughs> with the young yeah. and youthful boys around him. Johnny's um, had a few run-ins, I'm sure. Yeah, mate, how how good's he been? Yeah, like, he's, seriously, he's, he's been great, great man. Um, people writing him off all the time. People been writing him off for ten years. So yeah. and he just <laughs> he just keeps coming back. Like uh, and credit been, credits due. Yeah, hundred percent. He's been banging in goals, and he's got a lot of good young, willing players around him with some experience. And you know, the recipes has, has, has turned out really well. And they're in the finals and they can be, they could be anyone's, they could be a dark horse. They could do anything. They could be a dark horse. I do think the loss of Tongi will hurt them, but um, newly formed MacArthur Kammer. I mean, this was a team that's coming this year um, from the heart of Sydney. I mean, they've, they've signed some pretty strong plays. They made a really strong statement early getting the likes of Mark Milligan, Adam Federici, um, a, a season Matt Derbyshire arguably has had a, a really good season from a, a return of games to goals. I mean, they've done that. Do you think they'd be happy coming finals their first year where they are or do you think they had a bolder statement to win the league i mean oh i think any what their first season you're going to be happy making the finals no doubt um but i think if you look at their team across the board they've got some the experience they've got's unbelievable yeah take away derbyshire got milligan who's you know had a great career he just announced his retirement so yeah congrats to him but you know even you know franich at the back um you got federici in goals um, they've just got players across the board that are going to do a job for you week in, week out. So it's no surprise that, you know, obviously when Ante Milicic got the job, his recruiting process was to be kind of stable and just to give themselves every opportunity to make the top six. And they've done that. And I think they've kind of got that right blend. And again, they're another team that could probably do anything come finals, especially with, you know, with the experience that they have, 
all those players in that team have played in big games. Yeah, they're, they're, that's they're, right. They're A-League winners. They've been to World Cups. Um, Derbyshire has played at a high level in England. So, um, yeah, again, them, they'll anyone's going to be upset when they get knocked out. They'll be going to, I think, just to win it like any other team. In yeah, the I think so. You so have too. every opportunity in this competition. I wouldn't want to play them in the finals, put it that way. And they may that might be a revealing for my Smokey for the finals. You know, but again, a young player like Dennis John Rowe. Yeah, you know, super he's, player. He's left Melbourne City, got an opportunity to go to MacArthur, had a great season, and now he's yeah, you know, gets call a call-up. Up. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, two of the stables, uh, I guess, for this season. I mean, Sydney FC, you can't go past for the, what they've done over the, the league for the last four or five years, and, and the consistency they've had as a squad um, has been remarkable. Daz, I mean, you, you played them quite a bit when they started hitting their peak when you were at the, the Western Sydney Wanderers. I mean, you've been impressed with them this year. Is it what you've expected of them, I guess? I think so, yeah. I think you can always, at the start of the season, especially with their squad and they're very stable, they've maintained a lot of their players that have had success. So I think they've tried to look after certain players like Ninkovic's and they've brought back Bobo. Now they've brought back Lafondra. So they're, they're a very dangerous team and I think they're the top two are by far the best top two with Melbourne City being by far the best team. Sydney then being by far the second best team and then the next four come in after that. But yeah, with Sydney, I think it's yeah, a very stable team, a lot of experience. I think what Arnie had from before and now Corrick has come in and he's just maintained that and added his element to it. And they've been yeah, extremely successful of late. And, um, and I think going back to all the teams, as much as we've enjoyed the young players, I think going off history and going off this season, the ones that are that are playing the more experienced, they're mm. the ones that relatively are always at the top. If you look at Sydney FC, you know, Arnie before he said, I'm not here to play kids. I'm not here to develop <coughs> mm. and very successful. Melbourne City, I think the youngest was 21, Connor Metcalf, which can we classify 21 years old as young? Probably, probably not. And um, Sydney as well, not too many young players. Adelaide, as much as we say young and they have had a lot of young players come through, I think when you put their best 11, there's, no young, there's yeah. no young players. There's Craig Goodwin, there's Tommy Juric, there's Ben Halloran, yeah. their midfield as well, Stefan Mork, um, Harvey, then maybe Dorigo, and, but the back four as well, Strain, um, Kido, yeah. Jakobsen, Elsie. So, and maybe Delianov in goals is probably your youngest who is also in his 20s. So... I think that's that's the that's the big big thing, you know, finding that right mix, and um, and that's why I think those two are at the top, and obviously great squads with great players, and they've always had that. The they've kept the that back four for Sydney has been one that's just had some consistency. I'm just looking at the stat sheet now. The most clean sheets this season. I mean, yep. if you're not conceding goals, you got more chance of of getting points. So, yeah. um, credit where credit's due. I tell you what, I don't want to face them in the finals. Uh, as well, but I, I do, before we go into a bit of the fun and our yearly awards, um, which we'll scoot through, I do want to touch on Melbourne City and acknowledge an unbelievable season they've had. Obviously, Daz, you're in the inner sanctum there. You, you've been a former Melbourne City player. Um, I think we can all agree the football they've been playing has been electrifying. Jamie McLaren, an electrifying season as well. Craig Noon, I thought, was a uh, an outstanding player as well for them going forward. Uh Inside, were, were they expecting to win this year? Were they were they confident with with Kiznorbe coming in as coach? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think with with Eric, everything he started last season, and um, they played very well. And then this year, they added very good players with Andy Nabu, especially coming in. Connor having another year developing, and now he's 
obviously taking off in leaps and bounds, going to the Socceroos. Um, yeah, Nuno Reis at the back as well brought in. Goody, Goody's again been unbelievable, yeah, yeah, rewarded with a Socceroos call up. Um, but I think, yeah, by far the best team in the country this year has been Melbourne City. With, yeah. You know, Jamie McLaren firing on all cylinders up front and just watching them, their training and that, it's, it's, um, they, they, they work very, very hard at training. PK has done a phenomenal job with how they work. And if there's one goal <coughs> in the first derby, I believe, when Connor scored the first one, if you watch Connor, he's pointing to to pass to Jamie McLaren. And it's it's a, something that they've worked on in Tamaka. He knows to go behind, goes in one-on-one, puts it in top corner on the near post. So that's a lot of things, very, very small details. And I think that's why they're um, that's why they are where they are because they, they work in very big, in very fine details. And then when they have the ball, they're so confident. I think as the wins kept coming and progressing, especially in the derbies where they put Melbourne victory to the sword and that's where they've just gone confidence now. And, but again, for the top two, it's going to be very interesting now in the finals, losing each team, losing three, exactly. Sydney FC losing three at the back goalkeeper, center back, right back. And, um, Melbourne city pretty much losing their spine, center back, midfielder, striker. So that's going to be now, it makes the finals very, very interesting. I think at full strength, unless something happens crazy, you would expect the Sydney FC Melbourne City final. Agreed. I tell you what, it's a good segue into the next section, but I do want to acknowledge Jamie McLaren, 25 goals this year, former guest on the Unlaced podcast, 100 goals in in all competitions, but in the A-League across his career, which is... Um, essentially is something we, we have to acknowledge and give credit to. So well done, Jambo. And I think PK deserves yes. a lot of recognition as well. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, And the coaching staff, and like they said, they worked very, very hard in preseason. So I think to PK and the coaching staff, a lot, a lot of credit's due as much as to Mako and, the, and all the players. They've all done phenomenal, and, and they deserve it. And let's see what happens next. Yeah, let's see. So, boys, finals predictions. We're going to go with Smokey for the finals each, and then we're going to get our prediction of who wins it. So I want you to pick a team and just give me one sentence why they're your Smokey or why they're going to win it. So um, I might start with myself. So my Smokey for the finals is MacArthur. I just think the experience, I wouldn't want to play them in the finals. Mark Milligan's last year, Matt Darbish is finding some hot form at the right point of the season. I just think that there's some room for them to actually come in and swoop it with the players missing from Melbourne City and Dars mentioned Sydney as well. Um, but I, I just think Sydney in finals know how to win. So Sydney is my choice to to go ahead and, and grab the trophy this year. Kama? Ah, Smokey, I'm going to go to go Mariners just because they started CCM. off. Yeah, they started off so well and yeah, they had a little, they had a little slump during the season, but finals here just throw up anything. You... You don't know what you're going to get. And I think just they've kind of, they'll be, again, they're kind of one of those teams that they've done well to get to where they've been because no one expected them to. So if they go on and push, that'd be, it'd be phenomenal. Uh-huh. And I think Sydney FC. Sydney FC yeah, too. I just think even though you take away the three players, I just think with the experienced heads that they've got all over the field and they just seem to always get it done. And how to win. Johnny boy, what about you? You're Smokey and you're winner. Who you got? Um, you could probably guess who my smoky is. <laughs> Briz uh, Vegas. <laughs> yeah, look, look. I mean, any of those teams, as we know, could probably sneak in. In the top two are, are clearly the favourites, but I will go Brisbane. I've spent you know a lot of time with the players and, and seen a lot of the the stuff they do this year. And like I said earlier, they're defensively the second best. I think they're very strong. They've got 
a solid experienced backline and does touched on experienced players earlier on. So I think defensively they're really strong and I'm hopeful that, you know, some of the attacking boys can click. Dylan Windsor Hall has been a little bit quiet recently with goals. He's due to, to kick back in. Alex Parsons has been a great find the last part of the season and, and Joey Champness has been a little bit quiet the last few weeks. So if those two of those three can, can, can click into gear the, uh, in these effectively one-off games, they could certainly um, cause teams problems because defensively they're very strong. Mm. Um, but same as you guys, I'm a bit boring. Oh, I think Sydney FC are very, very strong. Um, bringing back Lafondro has made a massive difference to their side. They're going to score goals. Mm. There's a guarantee there that if he doesn't score, Bobo will score. If Bobo doesn't score, you know, Costa will score. They have goals in them. Defensively, they sit quite deep so they don't get caught out with some of the pace. They do have an experienced side, but they, they sit deep to counteract, the, I guess, the lack of pace they've, they may have at the back and teams look at. So they're still, for me, um, as Daz said, with Melbourne City losing a few of their players, I think Sydney FC um, would be the favourites for me to, to win the A-League. Daz, who you got? You, surely you're going to break up with Melbourne City here. So they, surely they're not going to win it, losing Jamie McLaren. Melbourne City Con- win the grand final. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you lose, with, you lose. with Connor Metcalf, Curtis Good, Jamie me. McLaren. Listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> Roston Griffiths, Curtis Good. Not a bad. Not a bad substitution. Yes. Not bad. Griffiths has been That I can agree with. Griffo in my team of the year. So a team of the year player <laughs> comes in for Goody. Wow. We've got Aiden O'Neill in the six. He's now finding form coming back from an injury. We take out Connor. We can go Florin <clears throat> with Luna. Not bad. Yeah. The only one is if Andy Naboo can find fitness before the finals, I think Melbourne City are a very, very great chance. Okay. My Smokey, Adelaide United. Wow, Adelaide. Really? I think as well, if they get their starting 11, if they're fit and ready to go, I think even with um, Toure or with Tommy Urich, Goodwin, they can always produce something. Halloran, frightening speed. Agreed. They can Agreed. play play good football. They've got the experience. It's a good smoky. It is a good smoky. The only smoky. thing I worry about Adelaide is away from home form. I think yeah. at Cooper Stadium, it's one thing, but finals are a one-off game. But They're away first, aren't they? Yeah. They will be away yeah. first, yes. That's, so that's um, oh, Cameras just shut him down there beautifully. <laughs> oh, no, no, I've said it. I've said it. I've said it myself. <laughs> you're reiterating what he's um, saying. Yeah, he's just backing me up. I think just <laughs> if they can. Does who, who, who scores goals for City if McLaren doesn't play? Great question. Naboo, Nooney, Collar. If Collar plays, I think there's also um, Tilio that's been doing well. I think there's just, you know what, in a final, it would probably be one goal. Who would have thought Ryan Grant would score the winner in the last grand final? The right back, what a ball from Bratzi, chest finish. So um, and, and the other goal scorer was Harrison Delbridge. That was disallowed, probably a bit iffy decision, but there's your two goal scorers in the last grand final. So, I uh, look, you, you can't. I would love to see a Sydney-Melbourne City final just because LaFondra, Bobo, that's goals. But with Sydney, the way they play, I think you don't have to worry too much other than Costa. Ninkovic, big, big danger man, always has been quality. So, But the way they play, dropping off. Melbourne City with Scott Jamison inverting, they've, they've now they've got confidence. Oh, there it is. I don't think anyone's really figured it out. So even with Sydney FC, I think... <laughs> Melbourne City have done well against Sydney, so I would love to see a grand final rematch, and I think that would be a tactical, also a, a great show with a team that wants to be on the front foot to Sydney FC that have excellent players, can play as well, but more like you spoke before that want to drop off and 
and and um, not maybe soak up the pressure, but they get into that block defending mid block, and then and then when they have the ball, then they we know what they can do as well with it. And again, it takes one goal in a grand final. Well said, well summarized, Daz. Um, we're going to get into the fun part now. I tell you what, we've done this before. It's called the the lace them up quick fire five. Now we started this with Ryan Grant. We did it with Bruce Jitte, and I will say. Bruce, knowing Bruce, when you when you when I asked him for instinctive answers to questions, it took two minutes for a response. So I'm relying on you guys here to be a little bit more intuitive and, and quicker with this. But we are going to go through five questions, yearly awards. All right, so we're going to go around the table. Everyone has pretty much instinctively your opinions on on the question and shoot shoot away. So, Camel, we'll start with you. We'll go to Dars and into Johnny. Manager of the year. Manager of the year, Paddy. Patrick is Norba. Yep. Johnny, yeah, everyone's everyone's in agreement on that. Best player, uh, Johnny Warren Medal. Johnny Warren Medal, Jay McLaren, J Mac, J Mac, unanimous Johnny, or you got someone else? Ulista Villa. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's a good. That's a good shout too. Actually, great player. Yeah, I think you could put him probably Ninkor. Um, Diamante and yeah. Castro, you could put all of them in that category. Oh, Lord, they'll be fighting. Close your eyes and pull out a name, and I don't think anyone would be upset. Agreed. But J-Mac, I think he deserves it. Deserves for, it. For, I, I think so too. Championship winning team, highest goal scorer by far. Had assists as well. Great in the link-up play. So he's had a phenomenal season. Best young player? I'm going to have to go with... Uh, who's, that? who's the boy at, the boy at Melbourne City? Conor Metcalf. Yeah, Metcalf. Conor Metcalf. Yeah, had a brain lapse then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conor yeah. Metcalf. I think he's had a great season. Socceroo, he's, de- yeah. he's de- deserved it after the year he's had. Yep. Conor Metcalf for me too. Johnny? I think Conor's had a great year. I'm going to go a little smoky. I thought Denny Jonaro had a great year. Great he call was too. Very, he was my very close yep. second. Yes, honourable mention there, Johnny. Honourable. Um, all right. We'll go with you, Johnny, on this. Best signing. Who's had the biggest impact for you? It's a tough one. It is a yeah. It is a tough one. Um, are we talking about new players or just general this year? Um, I'll say general. They can be across the. They can have joined joined a different team if they've been previously, but just a new signing to any team. Um, I think Andy Naboo's had a great impact at Melbourne City. Good call. Does? Yeah, I, I went probably Naboo, and I'll throw in Iker Guarukshena from ah, Western United. Like him a lot. He's done well as well. However you say that guy's last name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw him a Spanish out there. Uh, nah, he's been great. I hope I'll, that's good. I'll nah, try. I, I think he's been he's been great. I think if he was in They've had a, they haven't had a great season, but you put him in one of the top three or four teams. Just in terms of his quality, he's he's been outstanding and work yeah. rate too, yeah. and just he's, everything. Yeah. Great. I'm going to join in on this one. The Visa Player of the Year. Then I'll palm over to you, Cam. Up, but we mentioned him before, Johnny Riku Danzaki. I like him. A young kid. He's scored, scoring goals. I like him because he attacks the space every time he gets the ball and makes makes the defenders uh, defenders think. Kama, who you got? Uh, young. Visa, visa player of the year. Visa player. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Um, visa. Uh, Devia. Devia. Yeah. yeah. He's different. I love him. I like watching him play. He's man. a good player. He's a good player. He's top. I've gone Devia as well. Yep. Johnny. Yep. Devia. My boy. Yeah. Ulysses Devia. Ulysses Devia. A big loss for them. I, as I will well. say. Uh, yeah, I will say just previously on that that last um, question as well. I think Oli Bazanik's had a, an amazing year as well. Uh, yeah. Coast. Definitely. He, 
Yeah. Yep. He's like why, in my view, why they've been where they've been. His leadership experience in the centre of the midfield has been been awesome. So he's a he's an honourable mention for for signing of the year as well. You've got him in your team of the season, Johnny, which we're going to jump in just very quickly, which um, some will say has a bit of a wavering bias to Queenslanders and left footers. But <laughs> do you want to take us to the Johnny McCain team of the season? Partnered yes, and plugged and sponsored by the Unlaced Podcast. Yep, certainly. There's no inversion fullbacks on this one. So <laughs> there's no surprise. <laughs> <laughs> what are you playing, Johnny? Four four two deep block. Um, yeah. It was uh, it was it was hard to do the team of the year this year because obviously we've touched on there's so many new players this year, so many exciting players, and so many experienced players that have actually played really well. So my team of the year was Jamie Young in goals. I thought he was outstanding. Um, Honourable mentions to to Birigetti and also Adam Federici, yep. Ryan Grant at right back. I think Strainy had a great year, but Ryan Grant is just consistent enough. Ruan Tonyuk and Curtis Good, central defence, both Hard of them were, were outstanding and, and and you know well recognised and great reward for them being caught up to the Socceroos. And the left back, um, as much as I think Jama did have a great year, I, I think Corey Brown, a Brisbane boy, um, yeah, he's seven assists this year, Corey. His left yeah, foot he's one had, was he's working. Had great, yeah, he's had a great year. I think he's he's versatile. He doesn't get the um, Plaudits he deserves, works hard and, and, and creates a lot of opportunities. So that's my back four. In midfield, we have, I've got Connor Metcalf, um, Oli Bazanic, two lefties, as we talked about. And just in front of them, I've got Jay O'Shea. I thought he was a, a linchpin for Brisbane Royal this year and he continues to dominate largely most games. He's got a, a huge amount of touches per game. Everything good that Brisbane Royal do goes through him. So I yeah. think he's been a really good um, platform and play this year from, from Jay O'Shea. And then up front, I've got... Uh, my boy Uli Devia in the hole, and up front I've got J Mac and Bruno Fornaroli. Now Bruno was a little bit of an outsider. People say he hasn't had a great year, but he still scored 13 goals. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. J Mac, J Mac, <laughs> and <year> for him. <laughs> J Mac, yeah, J Mac and Bruno up front, uh, and honourable mentions obviously to Craig Noon. I thought he was outstanding this year, yeah. and his assists, Ninkovic, Diamante, Simo, and also Tim Payne from Wellington Phoenix. I thought he was outstanding in a central defensive role, and he he's used to playing right back, so. Um, that's my team of the year. Bloody beautiful, Johnny. Kama, did you have anything different? I mean, I, I tend to agree with a lot of Johnny's names there. I think you've got a lot of overlap as well. Yeah, got a bit of overlap. Um, i got Jamo at left back just because I just think he's had a great season. Yeah, they've been very good. Captain they've, the you know, yeah. winning team. Um, and, you know, Corey Brown's had a great season as well. He talked about his assists. Um, it's been great. But, yeah, good. Tonyuk. Um, I've got... I put, I've just got my change up front, I think. I've just added Diamante and Kamau and I've, yeah. um, with McLaren and... I just think Kamau's back half the season's been great. He's and I think he's going to go on to bigger and better things, hopefully for himself. And people talk about Diamante's kind of lack of goals. He, I think he only got one this season, but I think he was leading in assists. So yeah. and just you know he has that wow factor. People when you watch him, you just want to keep watching him. So yeah, much of a bit, bit of an overlap, but um, yeah, um, that's my team of the season there. Beautiful, Daz. Anything different on your end? Um, <coughs> the Dario Vitasic team of the season. What have you got? Just Melbourne City starting yeah. 11. <laughs> now I've gone, I've gone, I've gone a little bit different. Jamie Young's probably very close, but I've gone Tommy Glover. I want actually Youngy can play at the back, but Glover has been threading balls over the top, everything that he's been asked to do, and he's been very, very good shot stopper. Ryan Grant, Jamo, good, and I've gone Ryan McGowan. McGowan, yeah, Sydney, Soc- Sydney, Roo. best, Is that a strong best, year? best defense. Conceded the fewest goals, rewarded with a Socceroos call-up. So he gets rewarded for my team of the season. 
I will go. It was a toss up between Bratsy and Griffo, but considering the attacking that I want in front, I'll have Griffo there. Cause I think when he was in that number six, especially early on in the season, City were a different team. <clears throat> when he was there, his understanding, yeah. he can drop Great. in a center back. He was one of the key, key players this season. So he's in for me. Connor and Davila as my two tens. I'll have Ninkovic on the left, who for me is arguably one of the greatest players yeah. to play in the A League. Love we haven't mentioned him, him too much this show, but what a player he is! Un- he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a smoky to I just win the win the, <laughs> so win the championship for Sydney. Really. He's, back he's always he's number one threat for Sydney FC, yeah. considering everyone else. He's but brilliant. all their play goes through him, and he's, he's just the smarts, how he can create space for himself, how he drops in the timing, his touch, just everything. And um, J Mac obviously up front, and then my my other winger Daniel De Silva. Wow, De Silva. Interesting. I mean, yeah, reward, reward Central Coast. He's had a good year, good year. Yep. Great young player. A lot of hype around Stop his talent. Well. So it's good to see him starting as well, to. Another one on the ball. Very, very good. Work rate as well. Very, very good. Always wants it. Very tricky around the box. Hard <coughs> to play against. But so I think, you know, he deserves a spot as well. I think there's obviously Naboos, there's Nunes, O'Shea's, Diamantes, Tongik, Bojanic, Bratsy. There's a lot of, lot of players. And I think you. Bojanic. What Bozenich. is that? <laughs> That's yeah, Bozenich, mate. Bozenich, mate. Bozenich. <laughs> uh, tell so, you what, um, boys. Many, you can't really how get... Many city boys, how many City boys ended up in your team of the year? Then? I think it was four One, or two, five. three, four, five, six. Six, Jesus, does. Mate, they That's unwavering by, bias, by, folks. By far clear. They, they deserve it. Uh, good. Top, top I mean, look, table, it's, hard, it's hard to disagree with, with how good their season's been. Um... Boys, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been a hell of an overview, a hell of a finals preview, which should kick off next week. Uh, as, I, as mentioned, we have been airing this with a game to go for all A-League, season, uh, A-League teams in the regular season. So um, the finals is coming. We've all called our Smokies. We've all called our winners. It's been a great year for the game with the TV deal. We've got more excitement coming with the Women's World Cup. Johnny, Daz, Kammer. Thank you very much, you legends. We appreciate your support for the show and um, your expert comment to tell you what, the wisdom was, uh, was something else. Cheers, JBD. Thank you. Thanks, JBD. No and worries, good guys. good luck to the boys in the finals. It's going to be interesting. Yes, yeah, we will, will see. Looking um, forward to it. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to Top it, Stop everyone. Cruz, Matildas, Ollie Roos games on as well, so plenty of football over the next month. Yep. Bloody oath. All right, folks. Thank you very much. Thank see you, you soon. Enjoy. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details.